five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. And welcome back into the Bama on three show. This is your host, Clint Lamb, sitting here once again with Jimmy Stein. Jimmy, how are you feeling this morning? Or I guess it's this afternoon now. There I go again, assuming that we're doing it in the morning. How are you doing this afternoon? We're, we're normally morning people, but here we are afternoon people. And uh, as we record this, uh, now 47 hours from kickoff, that's how excited I am. I li- I'm literally keeping track of the time. Um, but we'll... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I, I've grown more optimistic as the, uh, as the week has progressed. Uh, you know, we don't need to forget that the coach is Nick Saban. That's actually a great point. And it's something that I do, you know, when you start talking about, you know, advantages that play in Alabama's favor, uh, Nick Saban, you know, obviously because of his history, he, that I would feel like that would be an advantage. Uh, what are some other advantages, in your opinion, uh, that Alabama might have over Georgia? Because a lot of people, there's a lot of positions that that would go, you know, Team Georgia, but there are a few, and I'll let you start off with them uh, that play in Alabama's favor. So go ahead with what you think. Uh, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind when you ask me that is wide receiver. Uh, I, I think Georgia's receivers are underrated. I mean, uh, Burton and uh, Pickens and and even uh, McConkey. I mean, they, and, and and certainly when you count you know, Brock Bowers at tight end. It's not a weakness at Georgia whatsoever, in my mind. But Jamison Williams and John Mechie alone, to say nothing of Billingsley and Ja'Cory Brooks playing supporting roles this week, uh, Jamison and Mechie alone, I, I, I do like that matchup for Alabama, the Alabama wideouts against the Georgia DBs. But let me say this, that's an even bigger headline maker for me, is that, I think if we're doing a list of who are the best 15 players on this field, who are the best 15 players in the game, I'll admit you're going to have more Georgia guys than Alabama guys. But the best two players in the game, the two best players on the field Saturday will be Bryce Young and Will Anderson. So I like that. There will always be at least one on the field for Alabama. And, uh, and while they're on the field, they're the best player out there. Uh, I, I think a lot of people would put Jordan Davis up there as well, uh, certainly. But, yeah, you're 100% right. Those are the three best, in my opinion. And then probably number four, I'd probably put N'Kobe Dean. I think he's probably one of, if not the best linebackers in the country, can do literally everything well. You know, he can run, he can hit, he can cover, you know, he can provide. You know, he le- he's, you know, I think he's tied for leading the team in sacks. Or he might be the, the sole leader up there, but at the very least, he's tied for leading Georgia in sacks as an off-ball linebacker so he can pressure the quarterback when you send him on blitzes. Uh, very impressive talent. And Georgia's got talent defensively. We all know this. I mean, there's a reason that we're talking about them being a historically good uh, defense is that the fact that they have so much talent and production and experience now at all three levels of the field. Offensively, the offensive line's playing a lot better. I think the receivers have come on a little bit. I'll be curious to see how George Pickens is utilized, if he is utilized, or – you know, could he be Alabama's version of potentially Brian Robinson Jr. if B. Robbins up playing in the game? We still don't know that. Nick Saban earlier said that they were going to be trying some things out with him uh, today in practice, and you know how he responded would probably go a long way in determining whether he plays or not. But even if he does play, he's not going to be one hundred percent. We know that George Pickens is not going to be one hundred percent, but he did play last week against Georgia Tech with a, I think he had one reception for five yards. 
And so I think Pickens will be out there, and I think he could be at the very least a decoy, but it's also possible that he gets utilized in the passing game, and I'll be curious to see how that works out. So, you know, very intriguing game in my opinion. Now, granted, I said yesterday when I talked to Palmer Toms with uh, Dogs HQ, the On3 site, or the Georgia site for On3, you know, we had a great discussion. I thought he uh, made a lot of great points, had some back and forths, and, you know, ultimately, and I think everybody that's listened to that uh, episode by now know that I picked Georgia to win the football game. Uh, And I know it's kind of early, and I'm not trying to get, you know, we can talk about the whys after the fact, but... I put them both in a range, and I think I misspoke on, on yesterday's episode. I think that Alabama scores somewhere in the neighborhood between 20 and 23 points. I think that Georgia scores somewhere between 27 and 30 points. I think I said 20 to 27 yesterday um, for Georgia, but I meant 30 to 27. So I think that the that range could be anywhere from a four-point loss to, I guess, a 10-point loss if Georgia hit their ceiling at 30 and Alabama hit their floor at 20. That's my opinion, uh, and I try to be real. You know, I haven't picked against Alabama in a very, very long time, and but this just, you know, from an X's and O's standpoint, there's not a whole lot pointing in Alabama's favor. There are some things, and I do think that if Alabama can come out and play tempo and do some different things and, and throw some different things at Georgia, I think they can make this a football game. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think, but, you know, where do you fall as far as Alabama's chances of winning and maybe, you know, if you wanted to, you could go ahead and give a score prediction. Then we can start talking about how we reach those conclusions. Yeah, um, I think if you if you watch Georgia play for 12 games and watch Alabama play for 12 games this year, I think any neutral observer would say that Georgia's going to win this game. I even think the spread of six is, is, is low. Uh, I think that's a deference, given deference to the advantages Alabama seems to always have with the odds makers. I think 10 is more realistic in terms of what the spread should be. Uh, And and I think based on how the teams have played all season long, I think Georgia wins this game something like 30 to 17. Uh, But I think a few things are falling in Alabama's favor, at least a little bit for Saturday. It's more of a hope than an analysis. But what I'm hoping, Clint, is with Brian Robinson either absent or playing but very limited, Alabama is forced into a game plan they have not played and one that Georgia is not prepared for. I like Bryce throwing it 50-plus times, which is nothing Alabama would do in a normal week against a normal good opponent with a healthy Brian Robinson. But I like Bryce throwing it more than 50 times, not as a way to move the ball down the field consistently, but to score by the big play. Because I think if you have three or four big plays, that might be all you need with as well as the Alabama defense is playing and as well as they played last week. So I I think a reasonable score is 30 to 17 Georgia, but my personal uh, official prediction for the game is Alabama gets just enough big plays to keep the game close. And much like last week in the final minute and a half, Bryce Young finds a way to get Alabama down the field close enough for a Will Reichard 48-yard field goal to win the game and Alabama wins 24 to 23. Interesting prediction, and, and I don't hate it. You know, like I said, I put them on on ranges, and, and if you look at my range for both teams, there's no scenario where Alabama outscores Georgia. And so I'm picking Georgia to win, and there's not really a scenario on that range. And this is – I'm not saying that it can't happen. I think it's very possible that it could happen. I'm just saying based off of what I know, what's unfortunate in my opinion – is how much differently I would view this game if Brian Robinson Jr. was healthy because it would put 
a strain on, I think Alabama would be able to move the football a little bit on the ground, do enough to where Bryce Young could be more effective through the air. And I still think he's effective on Saturday. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think Georgia would be able to quite sell out for it as much as you're probably going to see now, because I don't think you're seeing 20 plus carries or 20 plus even touches for Trey Sanders in this game. And, you know, it's very possible that we see a lot of Christian Leary and that essentially with the way that they've been using him out of the backfield. The the problem is, is I think with Georgia's defensive front, if you have Christian Leary in the game and you expect him to essentially be a receiver, you know, running routes out of the backfield, you know, you're not going to have anybody at running back in pass protection. And I think that you need that extra body in pass protection against Georgia's defensive front. And so that's what's concerning. But if Alabama had Brian Robinson Jr., just enough to where you had Trey Sanders working in the number two role, you had Brian Robinson who could handle 20, 25, even 30 touches in this game if you needed him to. And then being able to play off of that, I would really like Alabama's chances to pull off an upset. And it would be an upset even if Brian Robinson Jr. was healthy, in my opinion. It's just now, it's very tough to to predict um, an Alabama victory, at least in my opinion, because Georgia is going to be so, you know, their their defensive approach is going to be, we can have everything designed to stop the pass against this team. And with Jordan Davis, and the, and the fact that Alabama's got struggles along their offensive line and being able to, consistently create a push or movement in the run game it's like you can put your base defense or or even you know a very little attention on your defensive front as far as extra bodies to stop the run and you could still stop the run fairly effectively with Alabama's lack of experience at running back and with their offensive line and you can put all those extra bodies towards stopping the pass and so I think that's what's a concern for Alabama you know moving forward or, or heading into this game uh, defensively though, and this is the, I've said this earlier this week. I said it yesterday. I think that's the, the, the side of the football that not enough people are paying attention to. I think that there are some matchups that Alabama can win defensively. And I'm not just talking about Will Anderson. I think that it is a concern that Jalen Armour Davis is, you know, day to day right now, Nick Saban provided an injury update on him said that, you know, playing the corner position, that's a position that if you're not really full speed, you can't really go out there and perform. And, and just with him making sure to highlight that, it makes me think that he's probably trending towards not playing. Now, that doesn't mean that he won't. It's possible we could see him on Saturday, but it's also possible that you could once again see Kool-Aid McKinstry, a true freshman, starting at corner. But with that being said, I think that Alabama's defensive front, despite the fact that Georgia has been pretty effective or pretty consistent uh, across the board with their offensive line play, um, I think that, that Alabama's defensive front can provide some pressure on Stetson Bennett. And while I think he's a very different quarterback and a much better quarterback than he was last year, and it's something that he is not getting enough credit for from Alabama fans, I do think that there are some limitations. And if you can force the game onto Stetson Bennett's shoulders, I'm not, I, I think he's way better. I think he's way more poised and experienced to be able to handle that. I'm just not entirely convinced that he's going to rise to the occasion and, and have like an all-star performance. Yeah, Stetson is a, a little unique. I mean, I hate the term game manager. I just hate it uh, as, as a quarterback guy. And working for QB country, I just consider the whole term really derogatory or the way it's used. But when it's used correctly, it's a compliment. And, and I mean it as a compliment to Stetson, who, by the way, is a QB country kid. So uh, he's, tra- he's trained with, uh, with us, uh, with our company, and uh, a great kid, as everybody knows. But he is a game manager, and, and I mean it as a compliment. I think Georgia's offense is really, really good and underrated because of the manner in which Stetson manages the game. He doesn't give it away. He doesn't throw picks. He doesn't make errors. He gets them into the right play. 
Uh, as a matter of fact, I think Bryce, for all his uh, accolades and for how great Bryce is, and, and who knows, Bryce may rightfully win the Heisman Trophy, but uh, Bryce can learn something from Stetson Bennett, the way Stetson operates the game, the way Stetson operates the run game, the way Stetson smartly runs. He's not a big guy either. You know, Stetson doesn't need to take big hits. Stetson doesn't need to get walloped by, by Will Anderson or Christian Harris or Jordan Battle. He's not the biggest kid either. But Stetson runs smartly. He picks his spots, uh, just manages the game. Uh, he, he's not going to play in the NFL. Stetson Bennett's not going to be a, a, a quarterback that's going to see snaps on Sundays. That's not who he is. But that doesn't mean that he's not a very effective quarterback with what Georgia asked him to do. And uh, I think he's a real asset to, to Georgia tomorrow. But, uh, you know, a stat that stands out to me, I, I don't know how relevant it's going to be with Alabama's situation at running back. But how about this? As elite as Georgia's defense is, as historically elite as it is, Alabama's run defense numbers are just as good as Georgia's. Alabama against the run is just as good as Georgia despite the fact they've played a tougher schedule. So I think that's big for Saturday. If Alabama's run defense shows up and, and plays its elite game and doesn't allow Georgia to dictate things on the ground and forces some third and sevens and third and eights, maybe put Stetson in situations where it's a little tougher for him to manage the game when he's got to throw the ball down the field and he's not comfortable doing so. Uh, maybe there is some advantages there. That's why I think with as much focus in this game, Clint, that's been on can Alabama's offense move the ball against that elite Georgia defense, can they do that? I think the real the game is going to be determined by can Alabama's defense hold Georgia's point total to something realistic? Because if Georgia scores 30 points in the game, it's over to me. If they score 32, it's over. If they score 33, it's over. In my mind, if they score 28, it's over. Alabama's defense must hold Georgia to 17, 20, 21, 23 points. If they can't hold Georgia in that area, the Alabama offense doesn't have a chance against what is, in my mind, the 33rd best defense on the planet Earth. <laughs> the Georgia Bulldogs are only behind. 32 teams in the NFL, and I'm not 100% sure they're even behind all of those. Here's what I'll say about all of that. Alabama, they can stop the run extremely well, and I think that that's important and it's something that we cannot forget. If Alabama can achieve what Georgia is, we already know Georgia is going to achieve. Georgia's going to be able to go into this football game and stop Alabama's run game. I would be floored if they did not, but I think Alabama can really make things difficult for Georgia's run game as well. And what happens if you're able to do that? What if you make Georgia's offense one-dimensional as well? Now you're looking at it and you're saying it is now a Bryce Young versus Stetson Bennett type of game. And in that scenario, I like Alabama's chances. I just, and here's the thing about Stetson Bennett. And when you've talked about Tua Tungvaloa and, and his lack of success, even though I think he's been a lot more successful in the NFL than a lot of people have given him credit for. And when you talk about last year and this year, what are the things as a quarterback that you need to be able to have success on any level. And, you know, especially on the college level and especially on the NFL level, you need to be able to have a complimentary run game that can take pressure off of you. You need to be able to have an offensive line that can not only create movement in the run game to help with that run game to, that can complement what you're doing in the passing game, but you also need to have guys that can keep you adequately protected. 
you need to have weapons in the passing game and you need to have a complimentary defense that can take as much pressure off of you as possible. And you need to have a capable play caller that can call the correct stuff, put you in the right situations and give you the best chance to succeed. Tua has had little to none of those things in the NFL. Stetson Bennett has had pretty much all of that at Georgia. He's got the complimentary weapons that he needs or the, or the weapons that he needs in the passing game. He's got the complimentary run game. They're predominantly a run first team, which is why I think it's important that Alabama stops the run and forces them to get out of their comfort zone offensively. You know, you talk about the offensive line. They can create movement in the run game. They're, you know, good enough pass protectors. You got Todd Munkin uh, calling the plays, who does a fantastic job. And you have a defense, an elite defense, a historically good defense that is putting you in the absolute best position to succeed, which is when you step on the on the field, there's literally no pressure for you to perform. Because even if you don't, even if you don't make a great throw or a great play, you know, even if you make a mistake, you trust your defense to be able to go out there and help bail you out of those situations. So I think if Alabama wants a chance in this game, they need to take away as much of that as possible. I don't think you're going to take away the defense necessarily. Um, but you can take away the complimentary run game. Um, you can do some things with your with your secondary and try to slow down their weapons, even though I think their weapons are probably their biggest question mark, even though it's not really a question mark. It's just compared to how loaded they are everywhere else. So limit what they can do in the run game. Try to take away as many weapons as possible in the passing game and try to make this a, a type of game that is Bryce Young versus Stetson Bennett. And if they can do that, I like Alabama's chances. Man, I really uh, – I've heard analysis all week. I really like that. I, I really like – we know what problems Alabama's run game is going to have. I've basically punted on the run game in my head. To be honest, one of the things that's given me some solace is one of the pretty good teams in the SEC, they didn't even try to run the ball this year. That's Mike Leach over at Mississippi State. They don't even try to run the ball. They, they're going into the game going, we're going to throw it with Will Rogers. 50, 55 times, we don't care that you don't respect our run game because we don't even really have a run game. But you know what? Most weeks, Mississippi State's pretty competitive. They even beat a pretty elite defense in Texas A&M who, who's good on defense. And, and again, Mississippi State is very one-dimensional and, and still has some success. But, but I like what you say about if Alabama's run defense shows up and plays one of its better games, and, hey, this is the run defense – that, that literally led the SEC in rush defense. I mean, they were within about a half a yard one way or the other between, between Alabama and Georgia. But if Alabama can limit or nearly eradicate the Georgia run game and make it all about Stetson Bennett, then that's a matchup Alabama can win. Bryce Young versus Stetson Bennett. Now, there'll be more pressure on Bryce, but Bryce has some sweet feet. We know this. Bryce knows he's going to be under pressure. I think one other advantage that Alabama's had all year that they've never used, but they will use Saturday, is Bryce's legs. And by that, just imagine before the season started, if Alabama made a decision before the season began that, look, you know, we're not going to have a lot of success. We lose our starting quarterback. He's not the biggest kid, but we're not going to let him run the football. We don't want him to run the football until you have to. So, Bryce, the game plan is this. Do not advance the football with your legs unless you absolutely have to, or you can get out of bounds safely. Uh, this weekend, the, the rules of engagement change. This weekend, it's more like, hey, you know, if we don't have Bryce next week, we're fine. We don't play next week. You know, we don't play for another month if we play at all uh, in, in a game that really matters. So, Bryce, hey, the field is yours, man. If you have green turf in front of you, run. 
run fast. Try to avoid big hits, of course. Of course, just be, you know, be smart, but no, run, run. Take the shackles off. We've all seen this, the, the scene. We're all Alabama fans. When the braces fell off Forrest Gump's legs and he ran and he ran and he ran. That's what I want to see from Bryce Saturday. The braces, the braces come off. Bryce is running and running and running. And if Bryce Young rushes for over 100 yards, Alabama wins the SEC. It's hilarious, or, or, you know, I just find it very interesting that you brought up Mississippi State's offense because we, we talked about shower thoughts, and I had that sh- thought in the shower yesterday morning, or this morning, excuse me. I've been up for forever. Feels like I've been up for forever. I had that thought in the shower this morning, and when you look at Mississippi State's offense, you look at, you know, Dylan Johnson. Uh, he's kind of more their a true running back in the backfield but he has also a, a fantastic receiver out of the backfield. That, to me, can be your Trey Sanders. Trey Sanders has some good receiving ability, but he also can be the only guy in the, in the game that you're going to be really giving carries to, in my opinion. So, it, you know, that's who he can be. And then Christian Leary, he can be your Jaquavius Marks, who is more of a small, undersized, pretty much out there to Love only it. catch passes. You know, I want to say, when you look at the rushing, I mean, yeah, he's had it. You know, Marks is actually leading the team in in rushing attempts but he's only got a hundred of them and and he actually leads the team dylan johnson's got 80 to me he's a better actual running back but you can take that same approach and say okay now granny you're not going to completely change your offensive philosophy and your offensive attack in a week's time I, I think it's too late to to make that sort of drastic change but we are talking about wrinkles and things that alabama can do differently to throw georgia alabama is you know because they're alabama they approach a lot of game plans saying we're going to do what we're going to do and we're not going to dictate you know a whole lot of changes you know especially offensively is what i really mean based off of what the opponent is doing now they make adjustments i'm not saying that but they more so say we are who we are and we think we can succeed with what we do against pretty much anybody i think with brian robinson jr being out if he is out which is not a guarantee, but um, I think that Alabama maybe changes that philosophy a little bit. They decide to throw a couple of things in there, and I think you're 100% correct. I think Bryce Young's legs has to be one of those things, and it's probably something that George is going to anticipate, you know, because you got to think they got to find the rushing yard somewhere, and if they're not getting it from their running backs, you need to be able to have a quarterback that can at least, you know, make up for that or compensate to where you can, you know, at, at least some sort of threat um, running the football. And I don't think it's necessarily going to be a ton of design runs. I think you might have some, but I think it's more going to be, hey, if it's not there, start taking off, you know, um, get on the move and then be willing to, to, you know, do what you need to do to get first downs and get touchdowns and whatever we need to do as an offense to, to put the ball in the end zone as many times as we possibly can. I think that helps. And then I think Alabama's defense, if they can do some things and take a little bit of a different approach and put some pressure on Stetson Bennett, you know, and, and force him into a mistake. Uh, you know, there are scenarios where Alabama can win. And so I don't want anybody going in to this game thinking, you know, it's a lost cause. Uh, I understand my score prediction doesn't reflect that, but that's just a prediction. Uh, that didn't mean, you know, really, uh, there are scenarios where Auburn could have won last week going in. We didn't really acknowledge a whole lot of them, and yet that's exactly what almost ended up happening. One of those scenarios where they almost win the game it turned out that way. And I do think Alabama is going to play motivated. I also know George is going to be motivated because this is the monkey that they have to get off their back first and foremost. You know, you're trying to go win your first national title since 1980, and that's a big deal. But at first, you know, of all, you need to go and finally get that monkey off your back that is Alabama. And this is their opportunity to do that on Saturday. So 
I don't think the motivation factor is going to necessarily play in Alabama's favor, but I do think that they are going to play motivated and inspired football, and who knows what can happen when you do that. You know, Bill O'Brien doesn't exactly have a reputation for creativity, and I'm not taking a shot at O'Brien. I happen to think he's one of the better offensive coordinators in in football today, pro or or college, but he's not exactly creative. I, I don't think you need to get creative. I just think you need to do something that you haven't done. You have to do things that Georgia's not prepared for or practiced for. And it doesn't have to be wild things. It has to be things that are in the arsenal. But Christian Leary catching balls out of the backfield hadn't been a real Alabama thing. I mean, we do throw to the backs, but it hasn't been a big thing. It could be a big thing Saturday. How about Leary on sweeps running outside the tackles? That's another thing you just hadn't seen Alabama do a lot of this year. What about Jalen Milrow in the game and the Wildcat? No, we haven't seen it in the games, but everybody that knows Alabama knows we've practiced with Jalen Milrow at quarterback, running the quarterback draw. As a matter of fact, we've seen him do it in the games. What about doing some of that? Uh, there are things, you know, Bryce, instead of being a sit in the pocket and go through your read progressions, be a one read and done. Hey, Alabama made it to the national championship game in 2016 with that offense. Jalen Hurts, one read. If it's not there, go. Alabama rode that to a national championship game appearance. Bryce, if your first read isn't there, bud, you ain't got time to get to, to read two and three this week. If the first read isn't there, just go. And, and I think little wrinkles like that that Georgia hasn't seen gives Alabama some level of of a, of advantage. And these aren't things, these aren't wacky things. These are things that are in the playbook. You just need to do more of that and less of what we've seen in the traditional Alabama offense so far. I'll tell you what, man, if, if there's five, six, seven seconds left on the play clock, then, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you, um, I'm going to be infuriated. There's, there's no reason for that to happen this week. Um, I think the the further you get into your play clock, the more of an advantage you're handing to Georgia um, because they're they're a very advanced and very physical and very talented defense. I mean, that's we all know this. And so it's not like you're going to be able to tip a lot of things in your favor pre-snap because they're going to be able to counter at least a lot of times what you're trying to do pre-snap. So it needs to just be running tempo, trying to get them outside of their comfort zone, and then putting them in situations you know, if you get Jordan Davis out there and you're running tempo and you're you're throwing the football a lot, he's not, you know, he's a, for a guy his size, he's a pretty good pass rusher, but he's not a great pass rusher overall. That's an advantage that Alabama would have. Try to catch them in situations where they've got personnel out there and then you attack them in a certain way and you just keep doing it. And a lot of people yesterday when I was bringing up tempo, they said, well, you got to have, you know, success on first and second down and stuff to be able to really run tempo. I don't necessarily think that's true. You know, there's to, to a degree, if when you can get positive momentum going on tempo, that is something that you, that that's a hundred percent there. Correct. But that doesn't mean that you have to have success. I would be running tempo regardless because the, the less you run tempo, the more I think it plays in Georgia's favor. And, but we'll just kind of have to see how it plays out. Jimmy, uh, we're not going to go too long on this episode. Do you have anything else to add, you know, are you rallying the troops or something as far as Alabama's concerned you know, heading into this football game? Alabama does have to play their best game of the year to win. Uh, that's not uh, – it didn't take a, a football you know, graduate school – football graduate school to come up with that. you got to play your best game of the year. 
But there's also no pressure here when you're the underdog. Just go out and have fun. This is why he came to Alabama. Uh, you got to play your best game of the year. We're a little shorthanded, but every single player that was recruited to Alabama was recruited for there for a reason. Even our maligned offensive line, who deserves a lot of <laughs> a lot of the insults and criticisms they're getting, uh, these were all highly regarded, highly recruited guys. Uh, and hey, last thing I would tell my guys on the practice field in Tuscaloosa today, because they'll be leaving for uh, for Atlanta in the morning. Last thing I'm gonna tell them is this. You guys want to play in the NFL? This is the first tape they'll watch. This is the first tape they will watch when the scouts are deciding whether you're good enough to play on Sundays and what round you should go in. They're putting on the Alabama-Georgia tape. So this is your audition to play on Sundays, and it's the reason you came to Alabama. There isn't a kid on the field that doesn't deserve to be. They're all recruited by Nick Saban to win championships. So uh, it's a heck of an opportunity. Uh, we can do a lot to delete uh, some of the bad things that have happened this season. And, uh, and Hey, it's Georgia. I, I'm optimistic and, uh, we didn't get to it today and that's fine that we didn't, but, but, but I think there's still a chance, maybe even a good chance that if Alabama keeps it close, uh, they'll still be in the playoff and get another shot at Georgia down the road. I, I think we've both kind of said that along the way. There are scenarios here. Uh, I, the further we get into it, there's a part of me that thinks that it's becoming less likely, and then there's another part of me that thinks it's becoming more likely. Because one thing I think the committee is going to do, if Alabama keeps this game close, you know, one thing that they didn't do is last year when Notre Dame played Clemson, and then they were expected to play him again, they didn't have Trevor Lawrence in that first game. And so even though they got quality play at the quarterback position, it was a different game. And so they didn't really take it. Now they, they gave uh, Notre Dame credit for that, but I don't, they didn't blame Clemson whatsoever for losing to Notre Dame uh, when they had the, the backup quarterback in and Trevor Lawrence was on the sidelines. I think the committee, if Alabama can keep it close and have to go so off script for their game plan, because they don't have healthy running backs, you know, Brian Robinson might not play on Saturday, but more than likely he would be healthy in January, in early January. And so if you look at Alabama and you say the team that they were on Saturday isn't the team that, you know, they, they would be a better football team with Brian Robinson Jr. in the game or being able to play and Alabama is still able to keep it close. Maybe that's enough to convince the committee to say, I, you know, they kept it close. They proved they were the second best team in the country. And we think that maybe that gap's even a little bit smaller than we realized because they weren't at full strength and they had to go so off script. So, it, you know, that's something to, to monitor and look at as well. So I'll be curious to see how it all ends up playing out. Uh, like I said, I, I'm picking Georgia and I'm picking Georgia to cover probably um, that six and a half points. But guys, you know, that's just I was always told uh, bet with your head, not your heart. And there, that does not mean that Alabama can't win this football game. There are plenty of scenarios where they can. We'll just kind of have to wait and see how it plays out. But Jimmy, I know you're, you know, on the road traveling, uh, getting ready to watch the the game on Saturday with some friends. So I appreciate you taking the time and hopping on here with me and talking for a little bit. This has been fun. And we will talk again next week, brother. It was good talking to you. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, we're, we're so fortunate to have uh, experienced the Saban dynasty. It's not over. We're playing for an SEC championship against the number one team. And we've earned the right to be here. Let's remember that Alabama earned the right to be there. This was not a game on the schedule when the schedule came out. You had to earn your right to be here. We're 11 and one finished seven and one in the toughest conference and the toughest division in the country. They earned the right to be here and we should all be uh, proud of the kids, proud of the dudes, proud of the coaches. 
and uh, one heck of an opportunity, and it's going to be fun. And uh, when it's over, let's beat Gonzaga in basketball, too. Absolutely. That's the other aspect of this. It's going to be a fun Saturday. I can't wait. We're only a couple of days away, uh, so it should be good. But, Jimmy, once again, I appreciate you hopping on here with me, and we will talk again soon. This has been the Bama on 3 show, and I'm your host, Clint Lamb.